Press record. What's up? What's up? What's up? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, everybody? Fuck. I don't like. I don't like the way this is starting. What's up, everybody? There we go. That's the sort of vibe that we need. You know what I mean? If I do this vibe, what's up, everybody? Oh my god, it's the worst. The worst. But if I do this. What's, What's up, up everybody? everybody? What's, What's up? up? You know what I'm saying? It's it's uh, it makes all the difference. The little things make all the difference, and I do have a couple little things to bring your way on this morning. Um, yep, my window is open, so I'm realizing as much as I thought I could speak without self consciousness, I can't. So I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna go close my window so that I can really hit you with these messages. And welcome to Formlessness Podcast. We'll be right back after these quick messages. Or I mean, we'll be right back after this quick silence to bring you these nice messages. All right, so what I want to talk about today is the sort of defining factor of reality that I've been pussyfooting around this entire life and this entire podcast uh, lifetime of it podcast, which is imagination creates reality. We all know it. It is just the default normal state. It is very miraculous and magical and remarkable to no end, but it also is just the default state of a human in no way Mm, it's not crazy or even necessary, necessarily like spiritual or metaphysical. It's literally just the way that humans work in their normal, default, healthy state. However, the reality of human life right now is that almost no one has a childhood or an upbringing or a contextual environmental existence which allows them to have a neutral healthy functional platform for being who they are which is a human who imagines things and then creates them and this is something where i've been getting very caught up very caught in very um very um caught 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 in it not being me be it's me being like I know my imagination creates reality. I know I can imagine things and then do them. But why can't I actually? Why am I sort of attached to these negative feelings or these these responses in my body when I think about myself in a certain way or when I imagine myself doing a certain thing? And I, <clears throat> when I imagine that, I get hit with a sort of visceral, mental, physical, emotional response that involves a sort of perspective of who I am that does not allow for me to feel capable of doing these certain things. So I hope this makes sense so far as just the sort of um, plate, palette, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, um, the place to set upon which what am I saying? It's early in the morning. I'm not capable of speaking very well because I am self-conscious because I do have neighbors who can hear me um, and it really fucks me up. So um, this is a great example of what I'm talking about, which is like, 
I know I can be myself and say what I want to say. However, when I have people around me who I know can hear my voice ver- reverberations and vibrations, I my body locks up and I become, I have a physical response to that situation which overrides my subtle emotional reality of connecting my imagination to my words. Why is this? Why does this function not work in the simple, straightforward way that it's meant to? Why is it, what is the catch? The catch is trauma. The catch is um, that if you, as a human, are traumatized, that's a separate, different situation and different sort of system that needs to be addressed and needs to be worked through before one can return to the default neutral state of thinking or imagining something and freaking doing it. Um, And this is something that's like really, you know, been a defining factor of my life. And just recognizing that there's sort of these, these two sides to this thing is all that's really needed in order to start to have a functional and healing and empowered relationship with this. However, for me, I've spent so much time like sort of in resistance to this and fighting this and feeling like um, if I acknowledge the trauma responses that create a disempowered state in me, then I'm sort of like acknowledging my imagination doesn't create reality or something like this, something that just keeps me caught and trapped in, you know, frustration, pain, self-hatred, distorted perspectives of self, you know, feeling incapable of doing the things that I love and am passionate about doing. And it really is just because I haven't allowed myself to acknowledge and respect and sort of um, interact with the reality that I am traumatized by situations that happen to me where um, I would just talk and then people would overhear me and then people would use my words against me or use what they heard me saying to um, fuck up my shit. And so now I feel afraid of my neighbors who most likely would not do that. Um, or, you know, who, you know what I mean? It, it creates, it basically creates this thing where it's like you go crazy because um, if you, if you try and fight this kind of thing, which I have for so long, which is like, I know, I know I'm me. I know I'm empowered. I'm going to try and do this every day. I'm going to try and do whatever I do. But then I'm like immediately caught in this sort of, I immediately come up against the wall of this trauma, which basically is trauma and it, and all the things that come with that, but it also sort of, um, you know, it, it's sort of a thing saying like, oh, you're not as empowered as, you're th- as you thought, are you? You're not as able to do these things as you thought. And it's just very easy for this to turn into like a very, uh, dysfunctional, sort of hateful thing. Um, And really, it just needs to be acknowledged that trauma creates these things. And if you just acknowledge this and realize, like, 
like I think acknowledging it is all that really needs to happen in, in order to start to get things working again. For example, like with me talking right now and feeling self-conscious and feeling literally like the most deep-seated fear I could feel as a person. Literally, I'm feeling this right now just because I'm talking, just because I know my neighbor can hear, you know, a faint vibration of my voice. Literally creates like the worst sort of fear response in me. But if I'm able to acknowledge it from a place of sensitive respect towards its existence as a function, that's all that's really needed to start to get the ball rolling again. And what I mean in sort of definite terms is like me talking about this, me stating my fear, me being able, all that's needed is, is, is for you to be able to sort of face and acknowledge this in order for it to, in order for you to start to move back into, and by you, I mean me, but in order for you to start to move back into the into into being human which is you know being conscious being able to think and imagine things and then being able to act and, and create and interact in these ways that line up with who you are consciously so this is something that's just been fucking me for so long and um yeah i think a lot of it just has to do with that idea that um you, it's just like you, you, here's the thing here. I'll just sum it up in sort of a nice, sweet little packet. Once whatever that loud noise is passes by. Oh, fuck. It's the trash. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Can you hear this trash? The last episode I recorded on a different mic, you would really hear the background. But this, I'm pretty sure you probably can't even hear the trash. And no, I'm not talking about my own my own monologue, okay? I'm talking about the tra- the garbage man and the, his big truck and his big garbage truck. <clears throat> and what I'll say in definite terms is like here's here's the thing. Here's my pitch for all y'all out there. Your imagination creates your reality. You can imagine something and do it. Anything that you're capable of thinking or questioning yourself about like am i able to do this am i good enough to do this am i capable of doing this is this possible if you're literally able to have that thought about whatever that thing is it's over it's it is possible like the the die is cast if you're able to have that thought it is possible however and 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 this is just how your reality is already working no matter who you are, no matter what levels of trauma or non-trauma you have, your reality is already working this way. However, here's the thing. If you have some sort of trauma, it, and it, it, it exists in your body as a physical response, and it exists in your, in your mind, uh, you know, and that, you know, your body influences your mind. So, when you go to imagine that thing, that physical trauma response is activated. And that will create a forceful sort of, or not forceful, but powerful reaction that is skewed towards the, whatever the trauma is. For example, my childhood was spent being bullied and made fun of from every angle. And that related to me feeling, you know, people 
girls would make fun of me a lot for my appearance and my hairy arms and my skinniness and just all this shit. And it's created like this real trauma of feeling uh, undeserving of love, incapable of being attractive, um, all this sort of stuff. So whenever I go, so this is like something that's been extremely heavy for me and weighted against me for no reason other than the fact that these people from my external reality um, were evil to me, really mean. So whenever I go to imagine any sort of situation of me finding a lover or being attractive or just comfortable around people in any way, I'm immediately hit with that trauma response which is something that exists in my body in order to protect me. But the way that it sort of translates into my um, mental experience is my body sending signals to my brain to do whatever, to, to give me whatever thoughts are necessary to keep me safe. But what that, what that translates to is my brain telling me all these things like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't talk to this person. You shouldn't go for this. You're going to get, you're going to get fucked up. You're, you don't forget you're a weird looking, you know, all this stuff gets fed back to me that all these people traumatized into me. And this is real. This is completely real. And I have been sort of vacillating between whether it's real or not, because it's, it, it has been so scary to acknowledge it being real because I've, parts of me have felt like that is sort of like, existing in a victim mentality or denying my own empowerment. But no, it's just the trauma response that exists in humans where if you're traumatized, your body tries to do a sort of self-protective mechanism by um, trying to protect you from what it thinks will hurt you. Um, And this is just something that needs to be sort of acknowledged and understood and 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 thanked because it's not a negative thing it's not a bad thing that your body does this it's just something to be aware of and it's something that exists in terms of like I'll go for my example like um it's just something that needs to be like calibrated so for me I I need to do imaginative conscious imaginative work when I think about being attractive or capable of being loved because of this and it's not fair and it is work and it is hard it is like very full like the work requires complete um focus and determination and movement of energy like it's not it's not just nothing it is like it is I don't want to say hard work, but it's like very meaningful work that one has to do. And that, um, you know, it's not fair. It's not something that is your fault or your, um, it's something, it's part of being alive in this, on this planet where you, as part of being a human, you sign up for the karma of the collective and things will happen things happen to all of us that are not in our control and not from not imagined by us um 
But basically, just like to tie it in, what, what's interesting is what happens when you've been traumatized is this imagination thing that exists is still existing in the same way. However, you're just in a, like the bodily trauma response is the same function as the imagination creates reality. But what happens is you just loop on the same response that your body has imagined for you to try and keep you safe. So instead of instead of being able to have like a clean, clear, nat- neutral imagination where you have the space, the quantum space to exist in a non-triggered state and sort of consciously navigate through reality and situations when they appear, your body will run a um, sort of program that creates an imagination response in your mind that imagines, reimagines the traumatic scenario. And then that traumatic scenario plays out again, or, you know, the, the, the positive um, potential of the situation isn't accessible to your imagination because of this response. So, um, this is not something like, yeah, it's, it is, exists from trauma. It's not fair. It's not whatever. It's also not negative or bad. It is your body doing its thing to try and help you to try and keep you safe. However, most trauma, almost all trauma that we experience is not actual trauma. It's not something where like you're involved in a natural disaster or an animal attack or anything like that. Like some of it is, but the vast majority of it is um, fucked up people harming other people um, for no reason other than to show how much pain they're in. And this exists, you know, in all the horrible ways that it exists. And so, um, this work needs to be done. This sort of reimaginative recalibration work needs to be done. And it is work, and it does require a sort of very gentle and sensitive calibration, sort of meta consciousness understanding. But like, yeah, I have trauma in this area, and so whatever I imagine, whatever I try and do to navigate this area is going to have this baggage associated with it. Um, And that's all there is to it. It's not like you have to do anything different or do anything else other than keep imagining consciously um, what you, where you want to, what you want to do in your life, where you want your life to go, where you want you to go, how you want to sort of change and evolve yourself, whatever. You don't have to do anything else other than just keep imagining. You just have to realize that when you imagine these certain things, it's going to create a trauma response. And navigating through that trauma response in a way that heals it is by remaining conscious of your true perspective, of the one that's not distorted or triggered by this trauma response. And when you do this, it creates a new pathway, it creates a new space and a new opening, and it allows the emotions and the physical responses to process in a way that doesn't reciprocate the feedback loop. It it heals things and it starts to realign and allow more space for neutral imagination consciousness. And now this is something that is like the 
that's all there is to it but it, it but it is like the most powerful emotional waters to navigate you know like it's not it's gonna be like the most you know, holding on to this perspective for me and it, and by the way it's the most beautiful and fulfilling thing and it's worth it every time and i go through these long periods where i don't like fulfill that cycle i lose myself in the trauma response halfway through trying to imagine something but when i really allow myself to do myself the service of staying with my true self staying with my t- true perspective as i breathe through and imagine and think through these areas of my life or experience you know uh situations in reality that are connected to these areas of my life it takes the it takes everything in me to do this like it's it, it takes the complete full energy consciousness of someone to be able to reroute this like it, it is like sort of the most intense and fulfilling thing you can thing you can do um which you know is to stay with the true perspective of inspiration and intuition and and true self um perspective amidst the trauma response that is like giving you emotionally loaded perspectives of distortion like it's no it's simple and it and it doesn't require anything other than the original principle of imagination creates reality but it is like the most sort of deep intense emotional work because what you're doing is you're going through your trauma in your body and in your mind in the moment the same trauma that happened originally it's the same feeling it's just as real and just as intense as whenever the thing whatever it was happened to you for real but what you're doing is you're you're using your breath and you're using your focus and attention to remain connected to the original self that you feel before this trauma response was activated and you and the one of the big ways of being able to remain um, connected to that is by understanding this function I've been talking about from a place of sensitivity and compassion and knowledge that your body is not going against you. It's not, you know, as much as it's, you know, it, it, it's not some bad thing happening to you. It's not your body going against you. It's, it, it your body's doing your best to just try and keep you safe. That's all it is. Your body's trying to keep you safe and it's creating this real visceral reality in your experience that it, that if you have the consciousness to choose to be present with it, to choose to just breathe with it and process through it without breaking that connection to true self or... Um, like bastardizing the integrity of who you are by getting lost in the false perspective of self or you know giving basically giving power to the trauma or giving power to whatever you know whatever's coming up no staying connected through it as it happens that's what allows this stuff to heal and process and opens up the space for the default, natural, neutral, empowered state of all humans, which is to wake up in the morning, be like, hmm, I'm me. What am I going to do today? I'm going to freaking do this, do that, do whatever. 
and not be limited, not be confined, simply love the completely open-ended, infinite creation of existence. That's all there is to it. Um, Yeah, I hope that I was able to communicate that in a way that's understandable and makes sense. Um, Yeah, for me, I guess it's just like, the the thing for me that allows me to do this is by doing the thing that I'm most afraid of, which is going into a situation that triggers the trauma response, which for me is basically going outside. Being anywhere where someone can see me is what, see or hear me, I guess, is what triggers the trauma response. And, and all I need to do is sit there and focus on my breath and meditate. Basically meditating in public is like the thing that I'm most afraid of. I'm so afraid of someone coming up behind me and hitting me over the head, uh, someone making fun of me, um, any of this stuff. It's like real visceral trauma response triggers. And the thing with this is like you have to you have to sort of be go into the situation to give that trigger its activation, which actually gives you the energy to Um, alchemize it and restructure it because if you're just in your house in your safe space and this it's good to do this too but if you're just like in your house or whatever you have these sort of safety mechanisms around who you are that aren't actually going to get you in direct contact with your trauma response um right like for me it's like I'm in love with this woman, I want to, you know, have a relationship with her, but I'm incapable of really being able to interact with anyone right now without being triggered. And when that happens, I'm not myself, I'm just some sort of activated thing that's just trying to say or be or do whatever will keep me safe or keep people from being mean to me or whatever. So... I have experienced this just like being in my house, starting to feel good about myself, being like, oh, my imagination is starting to align with my reality. But then it's like I go outside and then immediately that perspective just goes out the window because I'm traumatized again. So it's like you have to sort of go into a version, some sort of environment that triggers you, triggers the trauma response, but that also is safe enough and allows enough space for you to be able to sit and breathe and meditate through it. And meditating, all that is, is just allowing yourself the space to be triggered in the trauma response, but also have the space to remain connected to your true perspective of self. And that for me is something where like, yeah, I walk out the door, obviously I'm I'm a lot of times just like completely swept away by the external world. I lose my sense of self. I lose my center. But if I just allow myself to find somewhere to sit down and close my eyes and find my breath, sometimes it takes a lot of focus and concentration. And it is like going through the most difficult feelings, the most difficult states. Like for me, you know, I did this yesterday and my 
breath, I had completely lost access to my breath, my free-flowing breath. And I had to sort of, like, breathe through this super hard, tense trauma response in my body, in my face, just all over my body. I had to, like, consciously breathe through this stuff that was, like, so hard, so physically, structurally dense and hard and tight. And it, you know, took everything in me to do that. Um, my entire willpower to do that. Um, most of the time, a lot of the time, I still have some sort of access to my natural, easy-flowing breath. But what I'm saying is, like, um, the breath allows this, like, even if you, like, you're in a situation and you've lost your sense of center and your sense of self perspective, you can regain that by breathing and closing your eyes and sitting somewhere and finding peace. It's not like you, you know, it's, it's not like you have to, it's not like a linear thing where it's like you have to like leave the house and hold the perspective and maintain the perspective. The perspective can be lost and, it, and what regains it is what I just said. And it doesn't, you know, it's not like you get one chance a day at this or anything like this. It's like, it's just space. It's just spatial shit. That's literally all it is. That's like even more simple than what I've even been talking about. And it completely encapsulates the reality of this. Like, when you have space, you can create things consciously. Whatever you want. When you have non-triggered space, you can do whatever you want. You can you can say you can create any situation with anyone who is passing you on the sidewalk. You can you can go anywhere. You can do anything. Um, and we all are finding more space and being more learning how to be more conscious and processing through our, our wounds and our triggers and our trauma. Um, but it's just simply space. So like when you need more space, breathe more. But don't breathe from a place of, the, the thing about it is like, sometimes you need to consciously breathe and sort of push through the tightened, hardened lack of space in your in yourself. But that that doesn't do any good if you're just like breathing from a place of emotional, um insensitivity towards yourself sometimes you do have to like sort of use all of your willpower to use your consciousness to override your body but that only is useful and helpful if you if that is in um uh if the intention behind it is to find the easy breath to find the spatial breath the breath that is you know that where you let it go as readily as you take it in that's been a big thing for me. I've been realizing like how much I've I've felt like I just am focused on the in-breath and holding it because I need to expand my chest space, which is fine and good, but but it it doesn't work. It doesn't really it's not helpful unless I allow myself to exhale and release the tension as much as I um, breathe in. So what I'm saying is like Finding the easy, natural, integrated breath is the goal. 
And that is sort of like, that can be sort of like the North Star when you're doing any of this. Like, you don't have to be focused on the concepts of imagination creates reality or the trauma or anything. All you need to do is be aware of the space within your field of consciousness and body. And, um, yeah, sit and breathe and through things and do whatever you need to do to find peace and safety from a pragmatic level and use the feeling of relaxed, integrated, free-flowing, in-and-out breath as the guidepost and the northern star of... Um, the shit so that's what I gotta say today that's what I gotta say today that's what I gotta to say today that's what that's I gotta got got to say, say today, today. Mm, that's what I gotta say today um, I hope you hope you find this useful and helpful and nice and sweet and cool and fucking fucked up yeah and dope dope as hell boy yikes I don't know about that boy part. It feels weird to say. Boy, That's the thing, you know. It's like a lot of my imagination depends on my ability to very fully commit to things that I'm saying in order for the joke to make sense. But if I half commit, it just is like, you know, it's shitty. So I'm learning to have more space in my voice to be able to fully commit to my stupid little bits and not worry about whatever, whoever can hear me or whatever's going on there. And then so, so you can see that in that example where like, if I am able to hold the space and go the, the full way with things, they become clear representations of my imagination and my consciousness. But if I am not, if I don't have the space to fully go all the way there, then it becomes this thing which distorts itself and starts to represent the opposite meaning of who I am and starts to represent a sort of misunderstood, weird, distorted version of myself. So yeah, yes, 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 that's what it's all about. Right? All right. All right. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. I'll see you when I see you.